Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where even Yeti ex-husbands can't ruin the magic that is the Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 11th episode in the series, The Return of Dorothy's Ex, a.k.a. Stan's Return. <laughs> yeah, it's written differently in, in different sources. So There I are guess... so many of these that have like an alternative title. Name. I know. It's really funny. Well, I think it's like The Return of Dorothy's Ex was like the formal one because it's first season. And does everybody remember who it is? And then everybody's like, Stan's Return. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we know Stan. We know Stan. Um, so I was excited about this one because I like, I love the, um, the relationship between Dorothy and Stan. Um, and it's finally, it's funny. It's like, you know, we're finally past the point of it not being able to be, um, joked about wholeheartedly, uh, because there's still so much, um, you know, sort of like a a fresh wound there. Um, so we're moving into it being funny, which is great. Right. And then just the constant sleeping together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but you know what so i noted that um this is the first time i thought that but this is not that unrealistic if you had broken up with somebody after you know almost 40 years of being together it's only two or three years off the divorce and they haven't really seen each other um and you know stan leaving is obviously terrible but i do feel like it was probably a fairly um, common midlife crisis is a fairly common midlife crisis. Um, and so I was like, you know what, like maybe you would sleep with your ex-husband if you hadn't seen him in so long and you, you know, like they're going to this place they thought they would retire and it's not so out of the realm of possibility. I feel. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with it. I just think it's great. Like I definitely feel on this, you can see both of the sides where it's like, Sophia's like, you gotta be fucking kidding. Yeah. <laughs> It's really hilarious. So we also, just to, to back up in the beginning, we, we find, you know, the girls are planning, just the three of them are planning so on rude. going vacation together, right? And it's like, again, we brought this up before, contrasting with, like, the pilot where Blanche is just like, well, I don't know, maybe we'll go to New York. I, I hope we don't get murdered. <laughs> she is, like, vehemently fighting to go to Martinique. You know, of course she does. And that makes way more sense of the Blanche character. And it's like, thank God we're at this point here. And she's actually very anti-New York. Um, and <laughs> because, of course, Dorothy wants to go back. But what cracks me up is that, like, you wouldn't bring your mother back to the old neighborhood? <laughs> you jackass. Like, that's come on now yeah like i get they had to you know stir up some drama here to to have a little story but like come on man yeah the the um leaving sophia behind is you know like a running thing and it it always is really funny um but they when sophia finds out they're going on vacation and she's like hello and they're like oh we were thought you would stay home and watch the house it's like (laughs) what and then she makes that very dated but still funny reference to um how brooke shields takes her mother everywhere right (laughs) with no and dorothy doesn't know she knows so sophia just is like yelling about brooke shields it's very funny (laughs) exactly it's really good oh my god but yeah i just uh it's also like so so blanche wants to go to martinique dorothy wants to go back to new york you know and uh i love I love the line, like, New Yorkers are all sickos. It's like, we could go to Hollywood. And Sophia goes, good choice. No sickos there. It's so perfect. It's like one of my favorites of this episode. This episode is very punchy, too. There's so many lines. But also, Rose wants to go to Williamsburg, Virginia, which is just about the most Rose vacation spot I can think of. And it's amazing. And it's so funny because I'm not sure about you as a teen from New Jersey. I 
definitely went to Williamsburg, Virginia as as a, a family vacation of mine. And it was just about as exciting to a 14 year old me as you can imagine it would be. Um, <laughs> so boring. And I was, such, I was such a jerk to my parents. I really was. I think I just listened to headphones and then put my dad's like, like mow the lawn earmuffs over the headphones <laughs> to just block everything. Oh my God. But it's just so perfect that that's what she wants to do. It's amazing. Yeah, no, their vacation choices are all very on brand. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Blanche is like vehemently against going to New York. And then she, so much so that that's when she says New Yorkers are sickos. She's trying to convince Rose to get on her side to like right. be anti-New York too. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, it's so messed up that they don't let Sophia come. But, but the other, like, I love Sophia's reaction to it, which is, you know, outrage. And then she um, sort of like organizes a group of women who uh, a lot of children like to go on vacation without their mothers. <laughs> and she like, you know, like, she's like, not gonna take it. I love it. I love the, the willingness to protest. Oh, man. And again, we've mentioned this before in the competition one, but like just the the old lady extras that, that come out in the show. They're just fantastic. <laughs> just like, too much vehement nodding along and it's like you know just like not the best acting but it's pretty hilarious and cute just a whole roving trove of grandmas yeah that's amazing i love it um okay so stands back because they have to they're selling a piece of property and you know what else i i noted that um it does make sense that both dorothy and stan would end up in miami even though you know he was in hawaii for a little bit but if they had talked about their whole life retiring here presumably they both wanted to be in Miami at the end, you know, after they were right. done working. And so um, that does add up that they would both be there. Yeah. It's like good cover just because again, the series is based here because there is an elderly population. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> ah, Florida. Um, and another really funny moment is like when Stan's coming to get her signature, Sophia, like, you know, very loudly intervenes and is like, the well, last time we had you sign something, I ended up in a home. Yeah. So it's- <laughs> It's another good callback to that. Exactly. Because we haven't heard the term Shady Pines yet. No. Right? I mean, we just talk about... No, no, no. Well, no, yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up when they actually reminisce back in the day. But yeah, we haven't actually heard that. Um, it's just fantastic. And I mean, the whole interaction where Stan comes in and, you know, like Sophia talks about the young chippy uh, of his wife. <laughs> it's so funny. And he, you know, he calls Dorothy beautiful because he's going to come back with the notary and all that stuff. And he's like, bye, Sophia, you're beautiful, too. And they just cut to her and she has this like, <laughs> it's very difficult for me to actually describe it. But just the exact face that your ex-mother-in-law for you being a shitty, shady character <laughs> would have like, uh-huh. Yeah, thanks for calling me beautiful. That That really helps the situation. It's perfectly and it leads it leads perfectly into that whole thing like why did i ever marry that man because he knocked you up and that scene gets such a long laugh it's like (laughs) this immediately like this immediate quip and i guess we didn't hear this yet you know like we haven't heard sophia kind of harp on this which of course she does anytime stands around there's always some knock you up kind of joke and the story changes right like right here it's like because he got you drunk and it's like that's not like that's not what the uh that's not canon for the rest of the series (laughs) But again, uh, just like, you know, we were talking with the studio audience in the last episode, like, it's just so funny how long they have to wait. And again, Sophia keeps that perfect face of just like, yep, I'm, I'm speaking the truth. It's, it's so good. It's so great. 
Yeah, I think we haven't, I mean, we have touched on it, but the timing, everyone's timing with the audience is just so on point. Yes. Sophia, and you know, it changes because you have to see how much they laugh or, you know, whatever, because it lands differently. And I think sometimes maybe that's why the audience doesn't laugh as much as like a, a viewer of the TV show, because it you get so much more from watching them respond and, and honestly them, their lack of response to it. They just wait for it to be quiet enough to deliver the line. And, um, you know, it works every single time. I think it's It's so good. So good. (laughs) Oh God. It's really primo. Yeah. Oh my God. He's so, (laughs) you know, all of the men so far, um, are just so pathetic. Stan, especially. So he, um, he basically like cannot be without, a woman is, is oh, like yeah. what he's saying, you know? And, um, so, they, so basically, you know, he's there and then he finally confesses that Chrissy left him. And, um, he says, she and you, him. you as a viewer, as a female viewer, just go, there it is. Yeah, of course. So annoying. Um, but I love that he says that she left him for a younger man. <laughs> and Dorothy's like younger than Chrissy. Where did she meet him? Camp Snoopy. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic it's It's so so good it's like she never misses a shot and i love it no exactly i mean when you're talking about how pathetic stan is right like the whole scene in the hotel room where he's like oh my socks and laundry are coming back and it's like it's so gross you know (laughs) also the worst part of not having a wife is that his laundry isn't done it's crazy of course of course and then of course like they they allude to this here and then you know at the end he's like wait so if you won't take me back i have to go get this woman that i literally just said i don't care about anymore (laughs) and i just to her face sent her away (laughs) like it's just it's the saddest thing but we all know men like that so it's again it's very very truthful i think um one more note on the uh hotel room just he goes oh well usually the man makes the toast where he has champagne which is also ridiculous um (laughs) i was like i didn't know that and i'm actually very happy i didn't know is that supposed to be like how it goes is it just like in old-timey champagne toasting land like the woman just didn't speak at all which is why the man gave a toast that seems to probably be right i mean it's very like there's so many um in that hotel room scene which is i don't know four minutes long there are like several instances of like hammering home gender stereotypes it's like i don't know how to do my laundry i need a woman to clean up after me you know like there's just so many of them i know it's so ridiculous um also in that scene dorothy hands chrissy the champagne i never actually noticed that before like she's like in the middle of like okay well you guys you know this is perfect this is great she wants you back i can get myself out of here you know all that kind of stuff she literally hands chrissy the champagne she was drinking which is hilarious (laughs) like passing the torch yeah it's great oh my god um so to back up a little bit so when when Dorothy and Stan, um, they they go to lunch at this like terrible looking deli. You you'll see. I noted it's a lame looking sandwich, uh, which doesn't make sense <laughs> for two people from New York. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. You're getting corned beef at the side of the road. <laughs> no so, pastrami. Right? Yeah, pastrami, of course. Yeah. So whatever they're like reminiscing, but um, but what I think is really funny is when the three of the other girls are at the table um sort of like the next scene and they're all just like chatting and then stan walks in wearing dorothy's nightgown which is also so insane and ridiculous but blanche's spit take is just i i feel like in the next <laughs> few episodes there are a couple instances of room clanahan just like nailing the physical comedy and this <laughs> is one of them it's like the perfect just like shocked 
sort of still like once she composes herself she's trying to like you know regain her her sense of like what is going on yeah exactly (laughs) like her her presentation um and it's it's perfect and they're all just like what and and you know like sweet little rose is just like so confused and then she goes on her whole like you know what i don't understand yeah (laughs) it's like when you see it start to form in her head (laughs) is there anything else that you don't understand (laughs) i mean a thermos is very complicated it is i really don't get it either (laughs) it's great Oh, also the, um, when they're talking, right, about, like, how this happened and all that kind of stuff. Also, can we just talk about Blanche's nightgown with an apron on oh top? Oh, my God, the apron how... is so small. What is <laughs> it's it? so What stupid. is the point of it? It's like a doily. She looked like a dress-up doll. Yeah. Exactly. It's, like, very silly. Um, anyway, <laughs> when they're talking about this whole thing, um, you know, I think it's it's amazing. Like, Dorothy talks about, she goes, it was just one night with a comfortable stranger. And that is a fantastic phrase. And also just... A very mature way of saying exactly what you were saying earlier. It's not completely unbelievable for like these two people who have so much shared history. They haven't been in each other's lives. They finally have been able to have, you know, um, this. How does Dorothy refer to it when they say they're like uh, they're sitting in the, um, you know, eating the terrible uh, pastrami? (laughs) And she said we had a bitter divorce, which is now devolved. What does she say? I didn't actually write this Um, line down. It's either a bitter divorce um friendship maybe is it like a it's some sort of like a tense friendship or yeah, something along yeah. those lines so uh apologize uh apologies to all the listeners out there who are you know wrote this line down um in their note it's not even on the golden girls wiki so <laughs> <laughs> but um but it's just great i think it's just a perfect way you know there he's talking about he's like well was i the first guy to ever go through a midlife crisis and react that way she's like probably not but you were the first one i was married to and it, it's again it's such a mature way of thinking about this and it, it really reminds me of like the advice when, you know, people are comparing themselves, their troubles to other people's troubles and saying like, oh, well, you know, I'm going through this, but like my life isn't quite as bad as that or whatnot. And you're like, OK, but but this is what you're going through right now. Right. Like it's it's OK to not negate the fact that you're feeling a certain way in your situation. Right. So I, I'm sure like anybody who's divorced is like oh well you're not the first one you know men are scum your husband left you all that kind of stuff like you're not the only one it's like yeah but this is my the only time i've gone through this right it's like validating dorothy's validating her feelings here and not saying that like okay just because statistically this might be likely it doesn't mean it hurt any less yeah and you know um what i think is i I, maybe i'm a little bit jaded um because of you know the time we're in now but i think uh i just realized that it's probably a really big deal to have the woman have been able to sort of like revisit this temporarily and then realize like emotionally it's not right and also not even that it's not right that she doesn't want to do it right like there's there's a bit of conflict with Dorothy because she doesn't want to hurt him, but I I don't really feel like she's ever considering getting back together with him in a real way. Um, And that's really powerful. I think like, you know, we are kind of more used to seeing a woman in that role now, definitely. But um, at the time, and especially, you know, when you have jokes, like he can't do his laundry and he, you know, is just like so desperate for a woman to take care of him. It's a real, um, it's really uh, conflicting to that. And it's nice to see that. It's very, you know, we've talked about the feminist, um, the feminist pillars of the show before, and this is another one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think also the, um, 
to your point of how she never really is going to get back with him, but she's conflicted, you know, because of their shared history and all that kind of stuff um, and where she's at in her life and where he, you know, he makes this big speech about, we could always do this thing. You always wanted to open an antique shop. You're like, okay, slow down. (laughs) We just banged once. Um, But, uh, you know, she's talking, Dorothy is talking it out with Rose and uh, with Blanche and (laughs) which also, by the way, again, with the table spread of like the food they have until they just decide to like, you know, narrow it down and focus on cheesecake. Most of the time, there's this enormous jar of spreadable mustard. <laughs> I, I just noticed it's like this beacon. You're just like, who decided that this was a thing? Anyway, um, she's talking it over and just talking it out. And she says, you know, I'm, I'm not basically, I'm not going to get back with him. And I didn't realize it until just now. And again, that was perfect. Cause it's like, that's, why you talk things out with your friends. Like, this is how it happens. Like, you already kind of had a decision, but you had to vocalize it. They didn't even really spur her on at all. Obviously, they have their little opinions, but it wasn't just like, well, I think you should, I think you should do this. I think you should do that, all that kind of stuff. But she just comes to the conclusion by herself. And she's like, oh, okay. I, I, as soon as I heard it come out of my mouth, like now I realize that's exactly how I feel which is really cool. Yeah, I wrote that this kind of like, so she gets home and they're like, we didn't want to waste any time. The food's already on the table. And this continues to establish um, the dining room table as like the situation room of their house, right? Like this <laughs> yes. is where they go and they have these conversations. <laughs> and I love it. Like it, it really, you know, obviously like it's a very long running thing, but um, I like how now they're all sort of like owning it. Like it doesn't seem to be happenstance um, that they're all at the right. table. And <laughs> so um, I wrote down like, this is we are still we still haven't heard St. Olaf yet, but we're starting right. to get into the stories because um, Rose tells that story about Eddie Parker, the Aqua Midget, which is his official title. <laughs> oh, my God. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, which is interesting because that's going to that topic of little people is going to come up very soon. <laughs> Rose has a lot also, of experience. Like- I do wonder if, like, they wrote this bit. They're somehow making midget jokes because that was, you know, in vogue again, much like heart, uh, <laughs> organ transplants in the 80s. But, like, the, like, I wonder if they wrote this sort of sequence and then came up with the idea for the next <laughs> two, ep- two episodes ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and when, while Rose is telling the story, um, Blanche is just, like, completely exhausted by it before it even starts. Um, I have... And their their interaction together, Blanche and Dorothy are laughing at her while the story is going on, you know, trying to be, like, subtle oh, yeah. and whatever, but it's really funny, and it, it really, I think, like, um, you know, is a foreshadowing to every single time Rose tells a ridiculous story that is funny, like, your freaking cousin, or whatever. Like, there are some yeah. where the girls just, like, are are recognizing the ridiculousness of the story while it's happening instead of just being like mad that she's telling another story um and this is where i think where we see that for the first time oh it's great and even earlier when she's telling a different story when they're talking about hollywood and talking about acting um (laughs) blanche says i forget what rose says but blanche just is like rose is setting up like you know some dialogue or something and there's a huge pause and blanche just goes what did he say perfect like the exhaustion in her voice is unbelievable and it's just it's so palpable and rose is totally clueless to like pick up the giant social signal that she does not give a shit it's amazing it's so great um and then (laughs) just to go back to um the hotel room i know we're kind of jumping around a little bit but i we have to talk about chrissy because so she comes in and she's like i want to you know be with you or whatever and um she (laughs) calls him in the the 
time span of like 15 seconds she calls him big stan which is so annoying and gross and then she calls him <laughs> stick man and it's like totally but dorothy's retort to that and she's like come on stick man you have to. it's just so like dripping with disdain and it, it, oh, yeah. oh she's just perfect <laughs> it's incredible um that actress apparently was um so so again a bit of like real life um issues here that actress had starred on i forget i don't think it was maud she was somewhere acting with b arthur and she was playing i completely forget which which uh you know show forgive me but she was playing essentially the same kind of role um where she's like uh, you know, younger woman, that kind of thing, very bubbly, or at least, or somehow when they rubbed up against each other, like B just decided she did not like this woman. I think her name is Simone Griffith. Yep. Griffith. Um, and she, <laughs> so she plays, you know, this like other younger woman here. And it's interesting because again, as we mentioned last episode, B Arthur's mother and Betty White's mother both passed away. And then they handled this really, really heavy, um two episode streak actually of talking about like your parents potentially dying right so it's a, a your mother potentially dying and this episode is really focused on divorce again and this is right after you know b arthur's divorce was somehow um somewhat recent so it's interesting that the director uh was talking about how this was like the hardest one that he worked on since the one when b's mother died because <laughs> it's like real life things and then of course like they have this woman who b arthur doesn't like already and then she's coming in playing the role of the other woman and and even that actress simone was like uh, i was kind of like uh-oh what's gonna happen here <laughs> you know she's like she was super professional about it but it was obviously like you know you can't separate uh as good of an actress as you are you can't really separate that you're gonna like go through something through this character um actually that's probably a, a sign of being a better actress than most um is how you know emotionally tied you are to that person so it's just another instance of like real life meshing up against the show yeah she played her um daughter-in-law actually on uh amanda as oh. it looks like so i mean i think that that was probably you know i have not seen that show but it, it seems like it was sort of a contentious relationship too so um it, you know right. i'm sure coming into this there were some of that carrying over too absolutely absolutely Oh, it's so great. But and again, the uh, <laughs> I, the whole thing with Stan and, and he's just such a desperate motherfucker. Oh, my God. Um, he's so it, it, he's but, I wrote that he's a little bit more redeeming in this one than um, obviously like the first time, like the other times we see him. But he's still he makes a compelling case for Dorothy when he's like falling back in love with her, allegedly. Um, allegedly. But it's so superficial like that his oh, yeah. reaction to sleeping with her is to, like order a bunch of flowers from her living room when she's like they're not gonna hear you five steps away um but yeah he's so pathetic <laughs> it's so ridiculous but she um you know dorothy says uh, i'm not the same woman you walked out on two years ago and i think that's fantastic because it's like he shows no growth whatsoever he's just bouncing back and forth he's like well if i can't have my poor decision you know uh youthful relationship because she walked out on me let me go back to the only other woman who might be desperate <laughs> enough to take me back and dorothy's like you know i might have before but like not anymore like i've moved on with my life i've grown and it's so funny because I, it's interesting like i just rewatched um uh something's got to give oh with, i love uh, have you ever seen that yeah, you see so that movie, right and anything so with this, old people exactly exactly i know this is why this is oh my gosh we're <laughs> such good friends it's so perfect so that movie is jack nicholson and um diane keaton 
kind of falling in love and surprising themselves because Diane Keaton is divorced because her husband is going to marry this like woman who's like basically the same age as her daughter. Um, and Jack Nicholson has been a lifelong bachelor, you know, and he's always just been skeevy and dating younger women. So there's this whole, you know, dynamic of what is a very stereotypical arrangement as in this show with Stan and Chrissy and Dorothy. Um, but Frances McDormand plays uh, Diane Keaton's sister. And she has this whole speech at a dinner scene one time where she talks about, you know, divorced women or older women, right? Who the men leave because, you know, they're not young anymore. They're not attractive physically. And then she says how the, the women get more and more interesting because the, they're not distracted with these like douchey men, basically. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting because like here it's the same idea. Like Dorothy's like, I'm not the same woman. Like I've grown so much in just the past few years. And like, you know, Chrissy never taught you a thing. You still have our terrible sex. <laughs> <laughs> among other things yeah it is so great um she's she really i i wrote that down too like i'm so proud of her for having this moment and for like sort of in contrast with the last time she got to say what she wanted to say and this feels much more um there's not as much like torture in it you know it feels more satisfaction right. and and also just like more sure like it, it seems like before she was kind of doing it because she knew it was the right thing to do and she had to and maybe didn't really want to but in this like i think it's really um compelling and really inspirational almost that she knows she doesn't want him anymore and and you know that's a real um people can move on yeah exactly well last time she got to get the anger out but now she's faced with a whole, whole different dilemma last time it was just to tell him off he wasn't on the table again as an offering right like she gets to make the decision this time to reject him which is huge Ugh, it's the best <laughs> <laughs> all right you got anything else no i think that's it all righty well join us next time when we discuss whether you'd prefer to live with your rich daughter who has servants or a slut and a moron <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody